Good afternoon. I'm happy to be joined by a man who pitched in the major leagues from the years of 1977 to 1984 with the Phillies, the Cubs, the White Sox, and was part of the postseason in 1977, 1978, 1980, 1981, and 1984. And that's Warren Brewster. How you doing, buddy? Very good. Thank you, John. Uh, Warren, if you can, as far back as you can remember, talk about your first memories that involved baseball and what got you into the sport. Well, that's funny. Um, this past summer, I had my 45th high school class reunion, and I was sitting eating dinner. And a girl across the uh, way from me said, I can remember you watching watching you play baseball when you were a little boy, when you were seven, eight years old, because her father was my first coach. Okay. So it was that was uh, where I got my start. I got I got my start here in Napa, California, where I live today. I live in the house I grew up in. And um, we played what was called fly league. It was a bigger baseball. It was bigger. It wasn't as big as a softball, and it was it was larger than a baseball. And that's how I got my start. Uh, I played in that league for four years, and then went on to Babe Ruth and, and on up to Legion, American League football. Now, what would you, what would you say was the was it was it a big adjustment? Uh, you know, playing with a different ball once you went into the Babe Ruth league. No, because it was, I, I, to me, and still to this day, I, I think it was better for your arm because it was lighter or it was easier to throw than a regular baseball because it's natural or, or throwing motion isn't a natural motion that uh, your arm's used to doing or should be doing. And uh, I think it helped. It, it actually, uh, I was able to throw it harder and, uh, for whatever reason, you know, I don't know why they did it that way, but uh, I think it was uh, probably for injury sake. You know, when you're seven, eight, nine years old, I can remember getting hit in the head with my first hardball playing hardball, and it, it scares you a little bit. And uh, this ball was softer, so if you got hit, you know, especially with kids, we were pitching, and kids at eight, nine, ten years old don't throw strikes very often. They're all over the place, and if you get hit by it, it's, it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah, and I'm sure the the grip, if you learn to grip a, a bigger baseball, it's probably easier to get a hold of a smaller baseball. Right, exactly. Yeah, I played with Mike Crowley um, when I was with the Cubs, and that's what he said. Some days the baseball feels bigger, but if I grip a softball, my hand, you know, the baseball feels smaller, so we put a softball in our, in our ball bag. Now, Warren, were you, were you always a pitcher? Did you play the field a lot? Did you always look at yourself as a pitcher? Yeah, I was always a pitcher. My father uh, always wanted me to be a shortstop. Yeah, I don't like shortstop. I want to be a pitcher for whatever reason, you know. And it's it's something that my mother told me when I was a little boy that every time I, I back in those days we didn't have plastic, we had glass bottles. When I was a baby, she would give me a bottle, and every time I was done with it, I'd throw it. <laughs> and then uh, I grew up. Uh, I was born in Oakland, and I lived in San Leandro. Uh, until I was six years old, and then we moved here to Napa. And I live on a three-acre farm. Uh, I sell Christmas trees in the wintertime. And we have a creek in the backyard. Well, as uh, growing up, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I spent all my time down in the creek throwing rocks. Just It was something that was instinct, I guess. I just, every time I picked something up, I wanted to throw Once again, John Pielli here with former Major League pitcher Warren Brewster. 
Um, now, my my question is though, when when you were when you were growing up, what, you know, you, you're talking about baseball being something you got into at a young age. Were there any right. were there any players that you looked up to as far as you know whether they're, whether they're from you know California or any any players that you kind of looked up to? Juan Marichal was my idol growing up, being Gaylord Perry and, and watching the Giants in the late 50s when they moved to San Francisco in the 60s. And I grew up idolizing Juan Marichal. He was he was the man. I, mean, I was always a big Giants fan and still am today. Now, you know, as, as you follow the game, as you have, uh, you know, aspirations in your own mind, you're like, hey, you know, that would be pretty cool if I was out on that mound someday. Well, no, you know, I didn't really it that way. I played football, I played basketball, I played baseball, I played all three sports all through high school. And I just, it kind of uh, eliminated, I, each sport kind of eliminated itself from my, from my ability. And then all of a sudden, I don't know why, but my junior year in high school, all of a sudden I started going harder. And then now it was a matter of, of getting out and getting a chance to play. My, my junior year in high school, I pitched 10 innings. Anybody else, I was the four other seniors that were ahead of me. But in the summertime, when we started playing Legion Ball, we played more games during the summer, and, and it goes down to the point where he had to use me, and I was going to be his pitcher for the next year, next high school season. So I got a chance to pitch, and, all, and just all of a sudden, I took off. I don't know what happened, what changed. All of a sudden, in the middle of my junior year, I, I started playing harder. And the, the coach at the end of the summer of my junior year in high school said, you know, I, I think you might have something here. You know, just stick with me and we'll see what it, what happens. And uh, he was a very, very organized coach. Uh, Napa was very good in baseball in, in the 60s and 70s and uh, due to him. And, and I just, uh, just kind of took it and ran with it. Now going back to that time, did you uh, did did you realize anything different that contributed to your increase in velocity? Uh, was it yeah, you know was no, it just happened to be the the right time bigger. for you? I guess I just got bigger and stronger. I you know I was always I was six foot three when I was sixteen years old, so I finally, okay. finally grew into my you know I, I gained size. So now it was a matter of, of getting in tune with my body. Because when when I was in high school, I do hard, but I, I walked as many as I struck out. And the, the one thing I did after I got drafted by the Giants in high school, I got to know the scouts in the area, and I asked each one of them who's the best pitching coach in California or Northern California, and everyone told me the same. And I got the same answer from every scout. They said, Bob, that Fresno State's the best. So I said, that's where I want to go. So I called Bob and introduced myself, and, and he said, give me a couple of days to find out who you are and have your parents drive you down, and we'll look at the school so you can look at the school, and uh, I want to see a throw for me on the side, and we'll go from there. So I went down that weekend and threw for him on the side, and he liked what he saw, and he offered me a scholarship. So I went there and I played for Bob for two years, and, and that's where I learned to pitch. He, he took because I knew I had some, and I told him the day I got there. I said, I don't care if I ever pitch for you, just teach me how to pitch. And, and that's where I learned how to pitch. And then it was going out every fifth day in the minor leagues and, and applying what I'd learned at Fresno State. Now, now you would say, and this is pretty much to summarize what you just said, uh, probably the reason that you didn't sign when you were originally drafted was – 
you know, you want you wanted to get yourself where you were more polished as a pitcher, and you, right. you probably felt like All after right. your experience at Fresno State, you were a lot more ready to pitch in the major leagues. Right, right. It's it's not only learning how to pitch, but it's learning how to live on your own. I was now 21, out on my own for the first time, learning how to handle an apartment, a checkbook, you know, the whole nine yards. And that really helped the two years at Fresno State, learning how to live on my own, and now going in, and going to the minor leagues and um, having, a, you know, learning that. Had I signed when I was 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, it would have been a mess. I would, there's no way I could have handled playing baseball and learning to live on my own. And that's the Giants were really good to me. The uh, scout, Dutch Anderson, and, and Eddie Montague Sr., you know, they advised me, you know, if we draft you, but you're not ready to sign, do not sign. We're off the contract, but don't sign it, please. You know, and they said, you need to go to college. They, they were the ones that advised me, you know, to, you know, because, of course, I was a big Giants fan, and I wanted to play for the Giants, but they advised me, you know, if you're not ready to sign, go to college and, and see where that takes you. And they were exactly right. You know, so now I got education and now so if I went out and played pro ball something happened now I could go back real quick back to college and finish my education. Yeah, there's no question looking back on it, it certainly was the best decision for you. Now Warren, as you ended up coming up, you're drafted by the Phillies, you ended up coming up with the Phillies at probably one of the best times as far as success in the in the franchise's history. Um, you know, talk, talk a little bit about those times. You're obviously a, a very big member of that team. Um, you know, the, the team kind of puts things together towards the latter part of the 70s and is kind of a perennial first-place team. Right, right. Yeah, I, I got there. And my, my rookie spring training was 1977. And we came into camp the first day of camp. They said, well, there's ten pitchers on the staff this year. We're going north with none. And I'd never played above double A. And, and so, you know, immediately all you're trying to do is open eyes and just, just show them what you can do. And they made an adjustment. Billy Connors was the AAA pitching coach at that time. And he made an adjustment in my delivery. I used to break off of my hip more like Steve Carlton did. And he said, let's get you to break out over your front leg. And all of a sudden, I started throwing strikes, and I knew right where the ball was going. I mean, it was just like somebody turned the light on. All the stuff that I'd learned at Fresno State, now this was the last piece of the puzzle. And now all of a sudden, I started throwing strikes, and I knew where the ball was going. And now I was ready to compete on a major league level. I had a very good spring. But, like, then they brought me in the last day of spring training and said, well, we got to send you down by all rights. You deserve to make the team. But they only they only took nine pitchers north. They traded Ron Schuler to Minnesota at the end of the spring. And I went down, you know, just happy as could be at what I'd accomplished just in spring training. And they told me if something happens, you'll be the first one called back. So I knew, you know, I've got my foot in the door. Now let's go out and in triple A and continue to improve and learn how to pitch out of the bullpen. So uh, within two weeks, Tug McGraw hurt his elbow. In fact, I was at home in my apartment in Oklahoma City watching the game, and Tug hurt his elbow, and, and they recalled me six days later. So when I finally got a chance to pitch, I kind of I did well and established myself, and by the middle of June, the trading deadline in those days was June 15th, 
and they made a trade. They traded a couple pitchers away, and they made a spot for me. And right after that, I got healthy, and, and then we had the nine-man staff then. Now going back, what are your what are your remember what are your memories of Tug? Oh, Tug was just he was phenomenal. Tug was he was a, a very unique individual. You know, he was he was hilarious. If you had any questions, anything, uh, he and Ron Reed and Gene Garber really took me under their wings because I was very young. I was 25, which is not young in the game today, but. You know, I had never pitched out of the bullpen before, and they, they gave me all sorts of little how to warm up, you know, all, all the little idiosyncrasies you need so you don't burn yourself up and, and you're ready to go when you when you get into a body. And Tug was just, he was a phenomenal individual. You know, he was, if you had any idea or needed an idea of something, anything, he would come up. He was, I would always go to Tug and ask him, you got any ideas about this or whatever? And he was just, he always came up with something, boom, right off the top of his head. I mean, he was, he was a phenomenal individual. Once again, John Pialli here with former Major League pitcher Warren Brewster. Now, he had a chance to pitch in the postseason a couple times in 77 and 78, but then you get to pitch in a World Series in 1980. Going back to that moment, as far as your first appearance in the World Series, did it feel any different than anything else that you've been through, whether it was a postseason game, your Major League debut, any other experience that you had pitching a baseball? No. <clears throat> no, excuse me. No, it, it was no different than any other game. When By that time in my career, I pitched still 150 games in the big leagues, probably somewhere in that neighborhood. And it, it becomes, you, you understand what you're doing and how you go about your business with the, the stuff that you have. And uh, I can remember facing Daryl Porter and going, whoa, I don't like his swing. I cannot throw him a strike. I, got, I faced eight hitters that day, retired seven, and I walked Daryl Porter, I believe, on five pitches, maybe even four. I did not want to throw him a strike because just by the way he swung the bat, I could tell he was a dead low ball hitter, and had I tried to challenge him, he's going to hit the ball a long way. Then the next year, in 1981, he got traded to St. Louis, and I did eventually faced him again, and then I did challenge him, and sure enough, he hit a home run off me. So you kind of base it on instinct. You know what you have and what you're working with, and you look at the way guys swing the bat and their practice swing, and you get a feel of what they're trying to do. So there's times where I had big red flags when I would face a certain hitter, or just by the way he approached things. I knew with my stuff I would have a hard time getting this guy out. Yeah, exactly. And you knew you knew what your strengths were, and it was you know keeping the right. ball down in the strike zone. And right. you know, a guy like Daryl Porter who has that kind of swing is is you know that's kind of right in his wheelhouse. Right. Right, exactly. Now, now looking back, Warren, uh, you know, in 1983, uh, you threw all those consecutive scoreless innings, and what stands out about it, you being a relief pitcher, you know, that's a that that, that took took a lot of time to do. You know, a starting pitcher does it. You know, throw a couple of complete game shutouts, and all of a sudden the innings kind of pile up. But you know, a reliever going out there day in and day out, and sometimes not knowing exactly when you're going to be pitching, and that's a pretty amazing feat. Thank you. It was uh, it's something that 
I got her on a roll. And again, Billy Continental was my big league pitching coach. And I had struggled. I hurt my shoulder between the 78 and 79 season. And I had been struggling for about four or five years. And Billy, now I'm back with Billy. And I was throwing, you know, I just, things weren't right. I knew things weren't right. And I said, Billy, uh, we were in Pittsburgh early in the season. And I said, Billy, I want to throw in the bullpen. I want you to come down and look at me and see if you see him. Because things just don't feel right. They haven't felt right for a few years. And I threw like three pitches. And he goes, what are you doing? You bring your body in, your arm into your body. What are you doing? Keep your hands away from your body. So now it took me a couple weeks to get used to that again. And now, whoa, it changed my release point. It changed the, the movement I got on the ball. Things were a lot easier. And and now I developed a change. So now I, I just out of necessity because I wasn't throwing as hard as I did when I first came up. Now I had to learn how to pitch. And that that was the most out of, out of that 1983 season. That was the most gratification and the most satisfaction I got was I had reinvented myself. I no longer threw a hard sinker. I was throwing sliders, change ups, and just moving people off the plate with my fastball with my sinker. So I, I had become a completely different pitcher and had the same amount of success that I'd had early in my career. Uh, listen, baseball is a game of adjustments, and that you know certainly was something that led to your success in the 1983 season. Listen, Warren, I really appreciate you having some time. Great getting a chance to chat with you. Hopefully, we could stay in touch. I could get you on the program again soon. Oh, sure, John. I'd love to. Thank you very much for having me.